Howdy folks, welcome to the home for anime, and in a beautiful room that protects those who stay in it from both heat and cold is a gorgeous young man. He wears glasses over a smooth black face and has a voice that belongs to a high schooler. If anyone were to see him, they'd stare for a moment and say, oh, ah while trying to process who they're witnessing. That'd be me. Ah, uh, that was a joke. I'm Ren the Rambler, your host, with no toast, but I am ready to jam. Now I'm sure you're asking, who'd use such a narcissistic intro to talk about anything? And the answer is actually quite simple. It'd be the title character of the subject of this week's episode, Elena from Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena. Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena follows a witch named Elena who, after passing the witch's exam at 14, being the youngest to ever do so, she goes on a journey being inspired by her favorite book growing up, The Adventures of Nike. She decided very early on that she wanted to go on this grand adventure, and she dedicated her entire youth to studying and practicing magic just so that she would get the opportunity to go on this adventure with a blessing from her parents. And she got it. Before I say anything else, I do want to mention that the animation in Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena, is so beautiful. And it's done by Studio C2C, who I had never heard of before I watched this show, but things like water, air magic, and this one particular episode with fire and other things that I'll get into, so stellar, so gorgeous, so pleasant to look at, even in some of the most harsh scenes that I have ever seen in a recent anime. To go into the characters, there are some recurring characters in Wandering Witch, like Saya, who's this excitable witch who's super infatuated with Elena after Elena helped her study and train for her own witch's exam so that she could become a full-fledged witch, and Miss Bran, Elena's teacher who is quite eccentric. She really does know a lot about magic, but She's super into things like butterflies and flowers, and she loses focus very quickly, but don't get it twisted, she is very sharp. The thing about having so few characters that are recurring is that you really have to have a solid, consistent story. And when I say that, I mean that this show is actually the antithesis of consistency, because one episode may take place over a few days, but then you never hear about that episode again, unless it has some bearing on the next story. But because Elena is a traveler, she goes from one place to the next, to the next, filling up her own journal, and what is obviously the Wandering Witch, the Journey of Elena. 
which is actually kind of meta, and it's really funny to think about. As she's filling out her journal, I am watching it, so I'm watching what she's going through, and since this is actually based on a light novel, which I am currently reading, I am reading everything that she's writing, so whether or not this goes on sale in her universe is yet to be seen, but I am reading Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena, and I think that her journey as a person and just the different places that she goes, different things that she sees are very interesting. I think that she honestly has every right to be this narcissistic, somewhat cocky witch, not only because she passed her witch's exam so young, but she really can back up what she talks about. And that's not to say that she's ever someone who says that she's better than anyone else. She just is really full of herself and she really does have a lot of talent and she can hold her own in any fight, which I think is awesome. And especially with C2C's animation, it's really cool to see. And in the books, you really do get the sense that, yes, even though she's young, this is someone who can carry her own, which another thing about these stories that she writes and something that I know people have an issue with when it comes to Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena, is that she is not your typical protagonist. Elena is very much someone who acts out of self-interest and if something doesn't concern her, unless she is just genuinely interested in what's going on, or she feels like she has no option but to intervene, or she just gets roped into something, she will straight up say, this is not my problem, this does not involve me. So she will typically just be in a spectator role, and things go on around her, unless they're happening to her. And she's perfectly okay with that. And I can see why people would be upset with that. She doesn't follow this hero's journey. But I would argue that people in the real world, even though a lot of us try really hard to express our goodwill, a lot of us act out of self-interest. So to me, I find her character to be very relatable because even though some people might argue, oh, Ren's a nice guy, he will do this for me, he'd do that. If it's not convenient for me, I ain't doing shit to help nobody. I I love being around. Of course, if any of you ever want to talk to me about anything, that's fine, but I mean, I'm not gonna go out and buy you every single copy of Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena. I'm not going to do your taxes. I don't even know how to do my own taxes. That's what we got those um, H&R blocks for and those turbo taxes. Do your own damn taxes. If you need someone to talk to, that's fine, but I mean, I'm just not that type of person. There aren't many people who are the type 
of person. So I just think that she is relatable in that sense. And to me, that's what makes us such a good read and such a good watch. Things typically happen to us based off of what we do, where we go. Some people go to work or they go to school or they go to the store just to do those tasks, but you never know. You might end up having to give up your phone in a robbery or you might or you might see a dog trapped in a car and you say, All right, I gotta break this window. Or you might be held at gunpoint and say, All right, I need you to drive the fucking car. We're gonna rob this bank. Otherwise, you're not going to see your family again. Do you hear me? Like, sir, you can make like a tree and fuck off for all I care. But yeah, that's that's my draw to this story, is that she does her own thing. I can't be mad at that. And like I said, she doesn't follow the typical hero's journey. She's not on some road to enlightenment. She's not trying to save the world. She just wants to seek it out. She wants to see what the world has to offer, and she wants to spend her youth traveling. I think the only real problem that I have with the series, and it's more so in the anime than it is in the light novels, there are inconsistencies with timing. So If you read the light novels, which is really the only reason that you would be frustrated by this, is that you'll see one story that might take place when she's maybe 16 or 17, and then you'll see one take place from when she's 19, and then another one from when she's 15, and you just kind of think, okay, this is a mashup of different stories. Of course, the anime is not going to take the liberty of adapting every single story. And maybe what I'm saying is that I would have preferred some kind of calendar, something to let me know how far time is passing because we get so many stories from each volume because there are several stories in each volume. So having something say X year, X day, that would have been pretty helpful for me. I would have been okay with that, but I mean, episode nine comes straight out of volume three, and I still need to read more of them, but that was just something that bothered me. But other than that, the show doesn't really have much wrong with it, in my opinion. And what I was getting to earlier is that the characters and the stories, they do have to be entertaining if you're going to do this episodic story where things may not connect. And I think that the stories that were given in the anime really do help to make that entire process smooth. Because we get things like a princess who rules over an empty kingdom, which once you see it, you'll say, oh my god, that is dark. Or a hair-stealing doll maker, which is kind of funny, 
but at the same time, kind of dark as well, just because of where you see that episode take Elena and a story about travelers and citizens being allowed to etch messages into a wall. And that's another problem that I know people have with the anime, especially if they haven't read the light novel. There are major tonal inconsistencies with this anime. And while I personally dislike when tones are all over the place in one series, especially over the course of one season, where one episode can be super jolly and happy, but then the next is dark and depressing. I don't mind it here for the simple fact that this is a journey. If you're going to every single country that you can, you can't expect everything to be a slice of life comedy. You're going to need some action. You're going to need some drama. And with what I'm about to talk about, you are going to need some horror. And I think that especially with this episode that I'm about to talk about, you get the deepest plunge from the episode about travelers and citizens etching messages into a wall. With episode 9, there is actually a disclaimer, which the show is rated TV-14, but there is a disclaimer saying that this episode is not suitable for children. And the entire show up to that point had some dark moments, but I was not expecting what I saw from that episode. I actually sat up and cried for a little bit because I was so scared by what I had seen. Episode 9 follows Elena as she is close to being out of money and she picks up this flyer that says that another witch is interested in having an assistant for a task and that task is that she's trying to go back in time to prevent her friend from going down a dark path because she had to kill her the witch had to kill her friend because things went down real fast and what follows is some of the bloodiest most terrifying shit that i have seen out of an anime from the last five years and when you're dealing with something that doesn't have horror or extreme gore in its category that throws people off but again for me because you can't have the same travel every time and have it be refreshing and entertaining you have to switch it up but even i was disturbed by the fact that they chose to adapt that episode and speaking to c2c's animation they did a fantastic job selling me on that horror c2c does a great job of selling me on so many different aspects and i know i'm sorry that i keep talking about how great their animation is but you've got to understand it is really really good 
Jobless Reincarnation is another show that came out at a point where the studio was somewhat unknown, but then they blow it out of the water with just how gorgeous certain aspects of the show are. But Elena, Elena just shocked me because 2020 was a somewhat mid-year for anime. So you obviously don't expect a lot of things to stand out, but this show was a knockout for me. So yeah, I, I'm sorry, I have to keep giving it up to C2C. They did an incredible job. But yeah, to sum it up, I really do, I don't care for tonal inconsistencies, but it does work in Elena. And I will say, I typically would not recommend skipping episodes unless it's just, unless I would just say skip the show, but you do not have to watch episode nine, even though it makes the season finale make a lot of sense. Episode nine is tough. And it actually does something for Elena's character that I didn't think I would get to see. And I really did appreciate the fact that I got to see that. But as the kids say, at what cost, fam? I do want to get into the pros and cons, which it may seem like I have already been doing this whole time. Aside from the animation, aside from... The storytelling, I love the character design, and I love the outfits that are given to the characters. I think that the traditional witch garb gets a bit of flair, not in a particularly flashy way, but it's just so nice to see something other than regular pointy hat black dress add some coloring to it add a few accessories make every witch stand out in their own way i think that having that and then having the backdrops they have which of course you would have to do if you're going to have different countries it just all looks so good. I think they were very imaginative, and I think that they did a lot to treat this series as if it were something special, which to me it is. And while I don't really have much negative to say about the show other than what I've already said, I do really think maybe this show, well not maybe, no, this show definitely is not for everyone. I think that if you like a good adventure story, this is it. But I've heard many people say that Wandering Witch is akin to Kino's Journey, which I have not seen yet, but it's on my to-watch list, and I'm actually very excited. I was going to do the original first and then do the new one that's on Crunchyroll. But I do really enjoy this series, and I think that everyone should give it a watch. And while Episode 9 is tough, 
I would love for people to watch it, but I would understand why anyone and everyone wouldn't. And depending on how your stomach works, probably shouldn't. But let's all share in the trauma together is my motto because, hey, if I got to have a fucked up night, you should too. I'm kidding. I really do also implore you to check out the light novels. I think that the light novels are great. Actually, as of May 30th, I am 24 years old and I got mailed the fifth volume of the light novels, which just came out as of this recording, maybe a week or two ago. So got to thank mom for that. Thanks for mailing that to me, mom. I really appreciate it. Hugs and kisses. But definitely read the light novels. I think that they go into more detail, especially because there are more stories. But I think that what the anime does adapt, they do a really good job of doing it because some of these stories are not even 50 or 60 pages long, and they manage to put everything into one episode, and they put the highlights in really well, and they they just do a great job with detail. So I definitely would recommend to a lot of people, really everyone listening to this, please watch it and get back to me and let me know what you think, because honestly, we need to petition for a season two. Seriously, someone make season two happen. But that's really about all I got. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I'm sorry that this one came so late. I had some personal matters come up. And then, of course, I turned 24, which was very exciting for me. Hooray. Had some good friends come in from out of town. And we watched some really good anime. We watched the Demon Slayer movie, and we started areas there on the animation, which I would love to talk about both of those at some point. Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena is available on Funimation and Hulu also. Side note, Funimation has recently updated their online platform, which for me, I have, of course, a laptop. I how could I not if I'm recording a podcast? And I have a PS4. And it was so difficult to work Funimation on my PS4 before, but it is so great now. I love the way that Funimation has reinvented its platform and made streaming so much easier. It looks great. I'm not sponsored by Funimation, unfortunately, but definitely it's it's gotten so much better. So Really, you can watch Wandering Witch, and you will have such a great time with streaming it. So yeah, it's available on Funimation and Hulu. And the OP and the ED, I know I always talk about the music for shows, which the soundtrack for Elena is fantastic, but the OP and the ED, they really do put you in this mindset of, I'm about to go on an adventure. I love watching anime, and I really do feel like reading a book. 
those are what the music and the OP and the ED make me feel whenever I listen to them. So sometimes I will listen to the OP and the ED while I'm reading my Elena Light novels. But I'll link those in the description, and that's about all I got. I'll talk to y'all again next time. Peace. Thank you.